more of God. And when I talk about, I subtitle this habitation and don't let that spook you and what that means, I'll define that in a moment. But I'm really gonna talk about the Holy Spirit and the importance of the Holy Spirit. And specifically, too, if we get into this here today, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's shocking, but in many churches that are considered spirit-filled churches, they don't talk about the Holy Spirit anymore. You notice that? It's like we kinda, we've got enough technology and advanced ways to grow church that we don't need him. Uh, hello, church. How many know we need the Holy Spirit? Okay, and I'm not speaking from chandeliers and some of the goofy stuff that you maybe know. We need the the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is real. Okay, and he's here for a purpose. And if we ignore that, just because people don't talk about something doesn't mean it's not important, that it exists and that we need it. And so, and, and we'll get into the blessings of you receiving your private prayer language. And, and, and I just ask that you, you just say, you know what, I may not understand that, or I've heard some crazy things about that, or I don't know about that, or my dad said this, or my mom said that, or I read it in a commentary. Let's just see what God's word says about that, okay? Because that really, in the end, really is all that matters, right? So I can imagine when we die and we go to heaven that there's going to be a lot of things I pray this, I pray, I say this with humility, okay, I'm saying this with humility, uh, that when we get to heaven, you go, man, Pastor Mike talked about that, but I didn't believe it. <laughs> you know, think about that, are there things going to be when we're in heaven, we go, oh my God, we just did not know, or we heard, and, and, and it's so much more, there's so much more, how many with me, say amen, amen. Ephesians 2.22, Ephesians 2.22, and in him, Jesus, you two are being built together, what? To become a dwelling. Can we say that together? Say become, become. a dwelling. That's where we get, it's that word habitation. In which God lives by his spirit. So this is an ongoing process that God desires to do in our life. How many of you know that we can resist God in our life in a certain area? Are you with me this morning? We can resist him. And we could not allow him in that area. How many of you know he's not going to force himself on us? He's powerful enough he can, but he won't. He won't force himself on it. And if people say, you know what, that's enough. I, I, I don't want that part. You know what? You, you know, he will prompt you, but those are choices that we make. And a lot of times it's for our detriment in this world that God has more for us and we just, we don't want it. A habitation, a habitation. Hebrews 2.1. Remember, if you remember anything today, this verse, when you leave here. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. What does that mean? We leak. By the time service is over, and some of you say, well, praise God, you know, I learned something, or that was a great service. By lunch or dinner this afternoon, a majority have spoken, you'll forget. Unless you grab a hold of a word and you're attentive right now and you're not thinking of the lake, amen. And you're not thinking of lunch right now. You're thinking about what God's word is speaking to you right now. Can I get an amen? Let them slip. Another translation is because of this, we are indebted that we should be all the more attentive to whatever we have heard, lest we fall. So too, we will not drift away, one translation says, or leak out like a leaky vessel. And, and, and so we leak. I wish it wasn't so, but we leak. And unless things that we really grab a hold of and we're really focused on, we will 
We will forget about it. We will forget about it. Just a definition of habitation. A place of sojourn, a dwelling to hold or to keep. I thought that was interesting. A dwelling to hold or keep. And so to, to have a habitation is something you need to hang on to. You have to, something you have to keep in the forefront. A place of abode, a settled dwelling, a mansion, a house in which a person dwells. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit alone has the power to change your life. Now, there's a lot of things I talk about naturally we can do. We want to quit and, you know, get a new habit, and we want to implement this new discipline in our life. How many with me say amen? You know, there's things God's placed that power within us, but to change our life, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit. And the problem is people today are wanting change, but they don't want to do it God's way. Amen. Amen. Think about that. We need his power in our life today. Let me just personalize it. You need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life today. That's not a popular message, but it's true. It's scriptural. It is the Holy Spirit's job to produce the Christ-like character in you. You know, when I think about the temptations of Christ, of the umpteen millions of temptations that Satan could have tempted the Lord, right? Come on. In the desert, he comes up with three. So you know that these three temptations are the best Satan has to offer, right? He could have come up with, you know, anything, but he's like, I'm going to give you three, and these are it. I want you to focus on the second one here. The second temptation of Jesus was, you know what? You can have all these kingdoms of the world. Listen, Jesus came from heaven, revered. God the Father, God the Son, uh, he had prominence and there was majesty and he comes here to earth. This was no small temptation. This was a big temptation. This was something that Satan knew this is at the core would speak to him. And we know what Jesus did and he resists that and he says, you know, man lives by, by you know, God's word. But here's the thing, in the wilderness by Satan was tempted and it was a seduction. It was a seduction. What was this temptation in a nutshell? A seduction, watch this, to save the world without going to the cross. Come on, somebody. In other words, you can, you can do still this ministry thing. You can still do this life thing, but you don't need the power of the Spirit. You can just do things in the natural that is the temptation of the enemy. How many with me say amen? In other words, you can, you know, you can do it another way, even in the garden. Even in the garden, he was like, even Jesus, as he's sweating, drops of blood, recognizing, knowing that Satan had that authority, which was given to him, all right, he stole it. He had that authority, and Satan promised him, I'll give you the kingdoms of this world. Just bow down and worship me. It was a real valid temptation. And Jesus is sweating, and he said, Lord, and we even have this prayer, if it's possible, if I don't have to go to the cross. That's really what it's saying. But not my will be done, but your will be done. And how many know the cross was in the will of God? Amen. How many with me say amen? So, so Satan will always tempt you to go the easy way. Come on, somebody. The cultural way. What are the cultural norms? Yeah. So a truth that's in the scripture, Satan is going to want you to go, you know, just, you know, my friend said something about this, and I know about that, and I don't know, or we just don't practice that. <clears throat> you know, I heard the story one time about the train station. That it was an abandoned train station, and uh, people in the town just said, you know what, the, you know, trains never come here. They, they never come through here. Well, the reason they don't come through there is because it's an abandoned train station. How many know trains still go, and they go to destinations? And a lot of times, you know, just because we don't see something happen, sometimes we think it's abandoned. God's done away with it. It's over. No, you just go to, got to go to a different train station. Amen? You got to go to a place where those trains are going, where they believe in that and apprehend that. Amen? Amen? 
Just throwing that out there. How many with me? Say amen. Bible, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, 3.18, it says, And we all, with unveiled face, watch this, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Somebody shout transformed. How, it says this, how are we into the same image from one degree of glory to another? So in other words, we see, without breaking all this down, there's this process as we behold God, his word, worship, praise, you know, a, a number of these things, we are being transformed. The preaching and teaching of the gospel from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Who is the spirit? As we behold the Lord, how? Through worship. How many know when you worship God, that's transformation. That's transformation in your life. When you praise, when you read God's word in prayer, uh, when you interact with one another, this is a great degree how God works and changes and conforms us into his image because you rub up against somebody that just gets on your nerve. Come on, somebody. How many know that when monks were in the caves, they were the most spiritual people? I mean, it's still, you know, you don't have to talk to nobody. You don't have to see nobody. And what happens is the devil tells you, you're a pretty spiritual person. You're, you know what, you really, I mean, you got the fruits of the spirit. And then the moment they meet another monk that gets on their nerves, you know, they got to go back in the cave. It's people. <laughs> they can get on our nerves. And then that allows the fruit of the spirit to come to fruition in our lives. Amen? Praise, reading God's word and, and, and interacting with one another. That's why it's so important for church. God created the church. It's not man's idea. Let me just say that again. God created the church, the little gathering of believers. It's not man's idea. It's God's purpose. And it helps us in the process of changing us to be more like Jesus. And that word you could sum up is the word sanctification. It's a religious word, but there's a whole teaching in that. So that's the, the work of the Spirit of God in our life. Here's the thing. Watch this. You cannot reproduce the character of Jesus on your own or by your own strength. You cannot. That's the definition of false religions. That's what they're doing. If you ever traveled in one of these nations, especially those third world countries, and, and, and they have temples there, and, and they worship statues, and that's what they're doing, trying to, in their own strength. I heard of this one guy who came back from a trip from... Um, Sri Lanka was one of the earliest ones, and, and he was a practicing Hindu, and he saw I had a Bible, and, and he was like, oh, you read the Bible, and you're a Christian, and yes, and I began to share, and, and he just talked about how he had uh, someone he knew that would spend, now watch this, I've shared this before, but some of you knew here today, that he spent 12 hours, he would get up at 6 in the morning to 6 at night, this is what this guy would do. And then he would stand in the river that was freezing, trying to connect nirvana in his own strength, trying to connect to God. And he did it six days a week. <laughs> you think, that guy's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, the devotion for people on their own to try to grab a hold of God, to try to experience God, is crazy. You can't experience it on your own, in your own effort. It is by God's grace in our life. Can you say amen? So, you, you know, there's, you know, you can do a New Year's resolution, and, and you know, God has given us best intentions and willpower, and but here's the thing: they're not enough to make permanent changes, a deliverance, and character reformation. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, even in our purpose. How many of you know that we live in the me generation? This is me. It's all about me. And it, is, it has infiltrated the church. That's why even the title of this message, More of You, God, smacks against that. Because it should be, you know, 
seven steps to your next purpose or, you know, how you can, and we heard about it, you know, you could be a success in life. And I'm not saying there's not truth in that, but we need to get back to God and what his purpose is. What does God want from my life? A few amens on that one. I'm going to preach it no matter what. See, so even our purpose, you know, Lord, what do you want from my life? That's the prayer. It's, it's, it goes contrary. It's like, what this, what's this crazy guy talking about here? God, what do you want? Because it's all about what we want. Our life, our purpose, our future, our blessings. Get us all set up. Let me just share an illustration. When I spent time in the Marine Corps when I was in Paris Island. Uh, you'd have all these recruits that come in and they're from everywhere and and, uh, you know, I heard this one story, too, about this, that, you know, you're standing there and they're screaming at you, these, these drill instructors, and, and I'm thinking about purpose, and this one drill instructor screamed at this, this kid, and he said, why did you join the Marine Corps recruit? Because you weren't, you know, you, you weren't even a private, you're just a, you're just a recruit. And basically, with a lot of other words I won't use, they, you know, that's how they condescend and talk. One word I could say is maggot a lot, to use that. You maggot. Now, I'm just sharing this because this is how they treat, you know, when you're there, they shave your head, uh, you know, lose, lose your hair, and they t- tell you how to dress, and, and everyone has the sameness, you know, everyone, but you're just a recruit. Got no rights, got nothing. And every time you address it, sir, yes, sir, and the recruit, and, and they categorize you, and you don't have to, they just, they just, just squelch it because they know what they're doing. Let me tell you something. The military can train somebody and conform them in 12, 13 weeks. It's amazing. It's amazing. They've learned something that I think the church should learn. Now, relax. It's not a boot camp. But it's spiritual boot camp. Come on, somebody. Really, it's what it is. And so, anyhow, and so he asked, you know, why did you join the Marine Corps? And he said, to find my purpose, sir. (laughs) And the response was, you have no purpose, maggot. Please, don't judge me. I'm just repeating. You have no purpose, maggot. The The only purpose you have is the Marine Corps' purpose. The Marine Corps has purpose. What you have is an assignment, recruit. I want you to think about that. Really, the truth of the matter is, is we have no purpose, but we have an assignment. Every single one of you has an assignment. See, but we focus the church on your purpose, what you want, your life. You know, all our songs are focused on, and the Lord ran to me, and I was I was wayward and I was far away, and he 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 broke down walls, he climbed over, he came and rescued me. See, that's where America's at today. We want to run, run to you. What about running to God? What about coming back saying, Lord, what do you want for my life and my family, God? And wait and spend time and say, Lord, your will be done. See, it's an assignment. A higher than your purpose is an assignment. That's what this series is about. How many of them say amen or oh me? It's like, oh God, we came to church this morning. Philippians 2.13. Philippians 2.13 said, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, this is not an excuse for sin, and I've heard someone use this as an excuse for sin, and they just like, well, it's God. He's giving me the desires, so I guess I don't have the desires. No, he's working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. In other words, he's saying, I want you to submit to the assignment that I have for your life. Amen? And so here's the thing. The one with purpose is Jesus. Jesus is the one that gives us our purpose. We all have an assignment with that purpose. Amen? And it's Jesus' purpose for our lives. So, so once again, now go, let me, I got off track here, I'm sorry. When we hear about the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, 
Some people just think, well, it's a miracles or signs and wonders or intense emotions and really weird stuff. Yes, there was a lot of craziness with some of that, but it doesn't have to be. But most of the time, watch this, the Holy Spirit's power, now listen to this, grab a hold of this. The Holy Spirit's power is released in our lives through a quiet, unassuming way. And a lot of times you may not even be aware of it or feel zippo. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He often is just like a nudging us with a gentle whisper. Let me give you an illustration in the scripture. Remember the story in 1 Kings 19, and it talks about how Elijah, he takes off, he runs, and he hides from Jezebel. Just had a great victory with the false prophets. Then he takes off. Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you by sundown. He's scared, takes off, hides in the cave, and the Lord speaks to him. And the Bible says that the Lord passed by. There was a great strong wind. And, and see, what the church has focused on in the past is the, the wind and the, 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 the fire and the smoke and, and all of that. And, and really, God's trying to say in my spirit is the still, small voice. Watch this. It says, and after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. Somebody say low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he covered his face and he went out into the cave. That's when God began to speak. So how many know that our God is powerful? He's like a fire. It could be a wind. And, you know, it, it, that's the God we serve. But, but when he speaks to us, it's usually in a slow, low whisper. Amen? So the likeness of Jesus is not produced by trying to imitate someone, by, I really believe, by inhabitation. God inhabits us. That means that what we allow Jesus, hear me, we allow Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit to live through us. That's why Colossians 1.27 says, this is the secret. Christ lives within you. Ah, it doesn't seem like a great revelation, but that is a revelation. How does this happen? How does it happen in real life? Well, the choices we make, by the choices you're going to make this week. It's Christ living within you by the choices that you make. Hey, you mess up, you stumble, you fall, get back up. Amen. Repent. Draw near to God. Just say, Lord, I blew it on that. And, I, and I'll ask you to, to, to help me. And I'll listen. A lot of times it's I'll listen. I'll listen this time. <laughs> and so... As we submit to the desires of the way we choose to do the right thing in situation, then we trust God's spirit. He gives us the power. He gives us the faith and the wisdom of, of, of his spirit to help us. You know, sometimes we feel like, you know, that we're, we're missing things. And the series actually is titled, More of You, God. But I just want you to know this, that, that God has equipped each and every one of us with, with the ability to be all that God's called us to be. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 3, watch this verse. By his divine power, God has given us everything. Somebody shout everything. Everything. everything we need. And I'm not talking when I say more of you, God. Oh, I heard something's going on in this place in this meeting. <sighs> that happens a lot too. Oh, I heard God's there. Like he's not here. <laughs> we got to run over here. Oh, God's here. Do you feel him? I felt him just like I did back in my home church. Amen. Come on, somebody. You know, it's just like we, I'm not talking about chasing after manifestations, but he says he has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now, let me just ask you, without a show of hands, how many of you want to live a godly life? Amen. Didn't ask you to raise your hands on that because I don't know how many would raise their hands, but you never know. A godly life, and it says we have, have, have received. You have received all of this by coming to know him, if you know him, the one who called us to himself. There's that connection. 
more of you that hunger and desire by means of his marvelous joy, glory, excuse me, and excellence. That's it. God has promised. He has promised. He has given us. He has produced all we need. He has, he has deposited with us what we need. We just need to access that. We need to not resist that in our life. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to move in and through our life. And here's the question. Are we utilizing all that the Lord has provided? I want to ask you that this morning. Are you utilizing all that the Lord has provided? Stand with me if you would, please, this morning. We'll get into, Lord willing, here about tongues. The Apostle Paul wrote and spoke much about the subject of speaking in other tongues. And he apparently practiced what he preached. He practiced what he preached. He said this in 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. I've shared this before. Whenever the Marine Corps would give a, a, a new armament or, or something new and said, you know what, you need this for the battlefield, I didn't say, you know, this is stupid. I'm not taking this. I can think of the, I think of the scene in Black Hawk Down. Some of you remember the movie, at least the guys remember the movie. And, and they're going out and doing this uh, in uh, f- uh, operation in the city and uh, that one of the young recruits was there and, and some of the old salted guys were there telling him, like, you don't need that. He was taking night vision goggles. You don't need this. You don't need this pack. You don't need this extra water. We're just going there and we're coming back. Well, found out they needed all of that. They needed everything that was provided at that moment, but they were telling them, oh, you don't need that. We'll just be coming 30 minutes. We'll be back. You don't, you don't need all this stuff. After their heated battle, they came back. They were grabbing everything. Listen, let's not wait till disaster happens when you go, oh, God, I need. Let's receive everything that God has for us now. Amen, church? Every head bowed, please. The Holy Spirit is not just a power experience. The Bible says he is the spirit. He is the spirit of truth. It is a he, not an it. He said, what do you mean? John 16, 13 says this. Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth. I'm going to say that again. When he, not the spirit of experience, emotionalism. No, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. I don't know about you, but I need God's truth in my life. And I need to be guided in truth. And I need to make decisions that are based upon truth, not emotion. Amen, church? So the purpose of this message in the series is to help us see the blessings that are available through us daily appropriating the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Someone once said that the baptism of the Holy Spirit endows believers with a priceless, priceless tool, a prayer language that pierces all adversity. And you know what? As a pastor, as a spirit-filled pastor, I dare not hold this back from you. I don't want to face the Lord and he tells me why. When you've experienced this, you've held this back to the people of God. Just because maybe it wasn't popular. Just because maybe the culture of the mainline church has moved away from it. Just because, you know, society maybe frowns on it. It tells, labels it something else. No, I'm not going to hold it back to you. You say, well, we're spilled for your church. Do I pray in tongues? Absolutely. So I don't want to, Pastor. That's okay. You don't have to, but you get to. Amen? It's a choice. You get to. Do we force it upon people? Absolutely not. I believe it's really clear in the Scripture. I believe it's a tool and the armament that God has for us. It is not the soul thing. How many know Jesus is the soul? 
him. But with him, he gave gifts unto men. And I see, have seen the benefit, like many of you here, of accessing the Holy Spirit, the Spirit expression in our life. With every head bowed here this morning, he said, Pastor, um, I'm not right with God. I'm away from the Lord. Maybe you've just found yourself in a season where you're just very distant from God. You don't feel that closeness. And I know we walk by faith and not by sight, but some of you, this goes back to this hunger in the title of this series, More of You, God. And even that story I told about purpose versus assignment. And you've been focusing maybe so much on yourself and your life purpose, and God is saying, I'm waiting for you to ask me, what is my assignment for your life? Wow, <laughs> that's really revealing. God, what is, wow, what a daring prayer. What is your assignment for my life, Lord? And whatever that is, if that's your assignment, you have given me the power to do that. And I'll be able to do that even though I might not like it. But usually when God gives us assignments, they may be challenging, difficult. They are obviously going to be stretching, but you will have a life that's fulfilled following his assignment for your life. You're here this morning and you're not right. You need to get right with God. This is a great day. The Bible says now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe out there on Facebook, you've fallen away. You're thinking, you know what? I've been pursuing my, my, my purpose for my life, not God's assignment. This is a great day for you to get right. If that's you, would you pray with me as I lead you in a prayer, a prayer of commitment, and repentance and alignment with God. Let's pray together. Say with me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, have your way in my life. Lord, your assignment for my life is what I want. In Jesus' name. Amen. And I feel, Lord, it's going to change some purposes that you felt were for your life. And God's going to deposit some assignments, his assignments for your life this week. Amen.